Welcome to the So Powerful Podcast. This is your host, Jan Cancilla. You know the sound of my sewing machine means it's time for another episode. So let's get started. Hello, So Powerful Podcast listeners. Today's guest, Sharon Helms, has served So Powerful in a couple of different capacities. She has surprising hobbies and vocations. She is a passionate, so powerful volunteer. She goes out of her way to make it easy for others to get started. And speaking of started, we're going to get started right now. Hello, Sharon. How are you today? Hello, Jan. Fine. Thank you. And you? Oh, just fine. Just <laughs> fine. We're having lovely spring-like weather today and winter weather tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> sort of what everybody's experiencing. Sharon, let's start off. Where do you live? I live in Moline, Illinois. It's right on the border of Iowa, the Mississippi River, and then Illinois. We're right there. You're right there. Mm-hmm. But where are you today? Well, today I'm in DeKalb, Genoa area of Illinois. It's about an hour and a half east of Chicago. I'm at my daughter's house and getting ready for a pop-up that she's doing Saturday, she does chocolates and cookies, and her business is called Sweet Delights, wow. and they are. <laughs> so. And and so when you say pop-up, you mean like a little pop-up store, right? Yeah, she's working on a store. They have a storefront that they're beginning to open up in March, but they thought it would be fun to have a little pop-up to give people a sneak peek, because people are interested in it and been after her for a while to do this, so it's happening. Well, and I understand your daughter comes to chocolates naturally. That's something that you've done too, right? Right, right. Yes. When we lived in California, I was blessed to be able to stay home with the kids. And I did the chocolates suckers as sort of a fluky thing for my daughter as a fundraiser for the banner group at her high school. And next thing I know, it took off and we were doing chocolates for the LA Municipal Court System as their fundraisers. And I had the three kids, the husband, we were all working doing the chocolate. So she does come by it naturally. Wow. And did any of your other children take up chocolatiering? Uh, No, they just eat it. (laughs) (laughs) And what is the term for that? I guess that's connoisseur, right? right. Well, we call them taste testers. (laughs) Taste testers. Do you have any openings? Could I sign up for that job? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, let's back up a little bit. Tell us about your childhood. Where did you grow up? Did you have siblings? Actually, I was raised in Moline, Illinois, was where I live right now. And I had one sister. And I was the path maker, the oldest, so the path maker and that. But I was blessed with my mom and dad loving us. Oh, and that's wonderful. Now, can you tell us a little bit about your family, your husband? Well, I'm married 50-some years, 53 years, 50, going on 50. Yeah, a long time. You know, time. once you cross that 50 line, it all starts to blur together. I can, I can say that from experience. <laughs> 50 plus years uh, to Jerry. And I have three children who are all married and six grandkids. And And do they live near Moline? Yes. Well, Missy's in about two hours from us. 
mm-hmm. and that. So it makes the trip okay. But Jeremy lives all the way in Iowa. <laughs> and Which is just across the bridge. Across the river. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and Jonathan and his family live in Moline as well. So oh, oh, that's we're nice. blessed there. <laughs> so it sounds like everybody's not too far apart. You get to see each other. We do. Oh, we do. That's fantastic. Now, tell me a little bit about your career. I have never interviewed anyone on the So Powerful podcast who was a purse maker, but also has your credentials. Tell us oh. what you do. Well, um, I, I have spent my time in secretarial financial responsibilities. And because of my husband's ministry, we did move around. And so I was able to glean from where I worked, but also was able to support the family, plus also being able to just support the businesses where I was at. Mm-hmm. So I was, the one job I found really interesting was for the educational department, uh, technological manufacturing, because I worked with six gentlemen that were from different countries and it was very interesting and um, they taught me it's called the MTST I don't know it's years ago it was pre-computer but it's a magnetic type selector typewriter oh I had one of those in one of my jobs yes okay so yeah they and it was an upgrade from the manual typewriter that I started with so yeah I I remember the selectric yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so now besides that don't you and your husband share a vocation yes we pastor and we've served churches across the states from California to New York different times in our life and right now we're pastoring in Moline, Illinois, which I find interesting how sometimes God brings us around in full circle. Here we are back where I was born. He wasn't. He was born in L.A. So, yeah, it's interesting. And it's a fulfilling and a challenge at the same time. Well, and, you know, Jason talks about being tent makers. Does that resonate with you? It does. It does. And I feel like the capabilities that God gave me in with finance and banking and secretarial was the temp maker at those time periods for when we were in different positions. And when I did the chocolate, you know, we were in a position where I needed to be home a little bit more than uh, a nine to five type of thing. And so to see how God blessed the chocolate to where we were supplying it for the LA municipal court system as their fundraisers to see how God works in giving us tent making capabilities when we need them or didn't know we had them in ourselves. So that was looking back. I see God's hand more and more in our lives. Yeah, age does that for you, doesn't it, as you you look back and and reflect. Sometimes we just are so busy living our lives, we don't stop and think about it. And it's it's nice to take that pause and reflect. Well, Sharon, you've been sewing for a while. Why did you start sewing and how did you learn to sew? 
Well, my mom taught me to sew, and it was out of a little bit of a necessity, but not just financially. I know this might be hard to believe, but I used to be tall and real thin. <laughs> but now I say I'm settling and maturing. And my sister-in-law says to me, Sharon, you sound like an old building, but, <laughs> but things happen. But the ready-made items out in the stores were not long enough in the sleeves or the length of skirts, which in the public school way back then we were required to wear. So it became a necessity in, in order for me not to get in trouble at school. <laughs> so she taught me how to sew. And, and I will just add a little bit of thing because my sewing machine, it's computered and we can name it. And so my sewing machine, I named it after my mom, Dolores. Oh, how nice. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, and you shared with me um, a little story and it brought back memories to me too, and probably to some of our other listeners. How did the school determine that your skirt was long enough? <laughs> if the dean of women, girls, thought our skirt was too short, we had to kneel down. And if the hem of the skirt didn't touch the floor, she took the hems out of the skirt. And if it still didn't hit, we were sent home or she gave us a skirt to put on. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And this was public school, not private public school. Yeah. I, I know my granddaughters <laughs> couldn't possibly relate to any of that. No. <laughs> you have been sewing for So Powerful for a little while. How did you hear about So Powerful to begin with? Actually, I heard about it through Pixie Fair. One of the things I did when we were in California was cabbage patch time was the doll then. And my daughter would work with me, but we did craft shows and had cabbage patch doll clothes. And then when we moved, etc., and life took place, then I thought, well, hey, here's the American Girl doll. And I'm one for detail and little. I like that. But I also made the dresses one of a kind with a little flair here and there. And so it became a business that I wanted to be called M and Bean. They were for my two granddaughters. And that's when So Powerful was mentioned off Pixie Fair. It just became, I could do that. Oh, oh well, great. And so you started making purses when? You do have a, a different way of doing this. So I do. Um, explain that. Well, you know, our intentions are great, and all sorts of stuff. And then all of, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wait, that's not going to happen. But my mom was diagnosed with dementia. And for a year and a half, my sister and I took turns living with her because we couldn't leave her alone. And it got to where... You know, she needed more help than what we can take care of. And long and short of it, part of that affected me physically. But then there was other issues as well. And so then a physical issue that took place really knocked me out from 2015 through 2019. I just look back on that and it's like, okay. Lord, help me to learn what I need to learn through this. Let me be thankful 
which I am. Don't get me wrong. I'm thankful. And it entailed open heart surgery, blah, 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 battery operated, blah, blah, drugs and blah, blah. But 2019 was my last time I've had a procedure. So I'm very, very thankful, a different perspective of life. So I can't really say that I've sewed all those years. But my brain was going and I have I have a lot to be thankful for. I know I was in God's hands and he wouldn't let me let go of so powerful in my thinking. I couldn't let it go. It was there and I'd say, well, God, I'm not really doing what I feel like I could do. And that's okay. That's okay. Because I look back and think, okay, I needed that time. And I'm okay. And I'm, I'm blessed. And I'm very thankful to be alive. And I've got it covered now for a, a lot of so powerful. I'm doing okay. All right. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. So I think what I hear you saying is that you wanted to start sewing, life happened. And so when you came back, you were really not up to sewing, but you no. found another way to serve so powerful. Tell us what you what you do. Well, besides prayer, because it has become something that's really meaningful to me. And I like the way it's set up. And and that was a struggle at first, but I feel like God used all this COVID stuff because nothing is going to come back void. He's going to use it, whether people like it or not. What I see and feel and sense now is so powerful, grew so fast that you couldn't even blink. It was like, blink and wait, here's another. It just, it just grew. And I see God's hand in that. And now it's to where you can talk about it and you can feel good about presenting it. And here's things that are offered to where you can come in and participate and and be part of this and feel welcome and included and still live your life. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say there? Sure, sure. You know, so I've been able to do kits. I have a lot of sewing kits ready in the new regional chapters manager. If they ever want me to come and I'm able to come because of distance or something, I got kits ready to where all they have to do is sew it. I mean, everything's in it. Everything's cut out, lined, even to where I have the little so powerful, peel the paper off and iron it on logo and a strap. I've used the time in picking up grandkids. I'm sitting in the car at least 45 minutes to where I take all the webbing I've got and I measure. I mean, someone looks at me in the car. They think I'm weird, but I'm, I've got 52 inches. I'm measuring, you know, it just, you can't go inside somewhere. So I sit out in the car and measure or the church has blessed me with over 50 skirts that they used for a program. And basically most of those skirts I made originally and it's good fabric. So they gave it all back. They said, you can do whatever you want with it. So a couple ladies in the church have washed them all. Oh, they're all clean. 
and and then another one has taken them apart. And these skirts, when they were first originally made, they had at least five yards of fabric in them. So I figured it out that we could get out of an average woman's skirt at least maybe 12 purses oh out of a skirt. So I've been trying to get that a little more organized because it's so overwhelming to have that much fabric. I imagine. And But it's a blessing too. And I appreciate the Colorado sisters taking some of the fabric and I want to send them some more. <laughs> they, they probably would like that. Yeah. So if I understand this, so rather than sewing the completed purses, you feel like your contribution is to make these kits. Well, right? if that will help people, because it can be overwhelming. Here's a pattern. You know, here's how you cut it out. Here's how you sew it together. I'm very visual. I like to see something. And when I first got involved, I thought, okay, well, there's got to be an easier way for me maybe to help introduce it a little bit more. So that's why I've come up with doing the kit. I like a structure on myself personally. So all the flaps in the back of the purse and the front of the purse has the iron-on fleece, a Pellon's iron-on fleece, just because I want that structure to help keep it stable. That's me. But all of them have that already ironed on and all the lining pieces already have the interfacing lined on. I mean, it, they're all just ready to just sit down and sew. And I feel like once they start sewing, you know, of course, I'll be honest with you, I can't stand cutting out. I just... Me too. If I had the outfit cut out, it was done because it took me longer to cut the thing out than to sew it. So I don't want people to get discouraged. So if that's a way to start, I'll do that. I, I just think that is so incredibly generous. Thank you for doing that, Sharon. You have served so powerful as the regional coordinator in Illinois, and that position has now been replaced by what we call regional chapter managers. And you have Region 6, which yeah. I guess goes from the Mississippi River <laughs> to the <laughs> Atlantic Ocean. You know, when we did this and divided the United States up into regions, part of the division was not as much based on geography as the number of chapters, but I have a feeling, given the region that you have, that you're going to end up with, with quite a few regions there. And if you send each of your chapter leaders one of your beautiful kits, you know, you're going to have a lot of purses coming out of region six. So that is really exciting. You've talked about this a little bit before, but can you specifically say what it is about the So Powerful Ministry that appeals to you and sort of weave that into what you would say to a volunteer who is thinking of starting up with So Powerful? How does that all fit together? Well, when my husband and I, we felt like we worked with youth for several years. And of course, there's camp times and things. And so they would have some fundraisers to help earn their way to camp, especially for families that had more than one child that was heading off for summer camp or winter camp. But our thinking was if we, we did not 
give a sponsorship for the full ride of the camp price. We felt like if they they didn't appreciate it or know what they were really getting, if they didn't have part ownership of their trip. So a lot of times it was half or maybe three-fourths we would provide, but they had to come up with something. And we even helped them do that. And I feel like because that was our thinking for so many years, here's so powerful is this is it. They just don't go in and and say, here, what they've done is gone in and had the people become ownerships themselves. They didn't go in and say, you need to do it this way and you need to do it that way. And I appreciate the fact that they have Esther. They talk to the women in the compounds. What would you like? What would you like? Let us see how we can help you accommodate that. And that's a big thing there for So Powerful with me is because they haven't just gone in and taken over or that they have given ownership to the Zambia people for those areas. If I can make a purse to help them, fine. That's great because they're the ones that eventually is what's going to take place with that purse. Does that make sense? It, and if somebody is thinking, well, I'd like to volunteer for So Powerful, but maybe I don't have time or maybe I don't sew all that well, what would you say to them? Well, I have a scripture I'd like to share just real quick. Sure. It, it's out of John 6, and it's verse 9, and it's feeding of the 5,000, and it's time to eat, but they don't have any food. They don't have money to go buy food. And so uh, in verse nine, it says, there is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? And I thought about that last part. What are they among so many? And we don't have a thought about that part of the scripture a lot of times. We just know what God's done. But there's so many of us that God's given us a talent. And it's like, okay, I can press fabric. I press fabric real good, you know, but some people don't like it. You know, there are people, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like to cook. It's not me. Growing up, my mom taught me how to cook. It was put in the oven at 330 at 350 degrees. So my cooking, but I can cook. I just don't like to, but we we have a tendency to look at ourselves like, well, that's not a talent. Yes, it is. Cooking's a talent. You know, yes, it is. One purse is a talent. One card is a talent. You know, I'm not a card maker. My brain just goes, you know, when it comes to time, I can, I could do it, you know, but that's not my thing. I don't feel like that's where my talents lie. I tell you, I've got my six-year-old granddaughter who puts these kits together for me because I'll cut out some of the things and I'll say, okay, get out four bags and she'll get out the four bags and said, each of these bags now get a flap. Here's, here's the pile of flaps, put them each in a bag, you know, and she'll do all that. Okay. That's a talent. And not only that, I'm teaching her how to count. (laughs) But I mean, it's just, we have a tendency to look at things 
being so grandeur if our talent, you know, but it's like, but what are they among so many? We have no clue what can be done with the so many, you know, because of our, our talent. And that's what I'd like to encourage, you know, don't look at anybody else, what they're doing. It's great to look and see encouragement about how you want to do something, but you do what you feel you need to do with so powerful as unto the Lord. And then it just, that's where you have to leave it. I think that would be a good place for us to leave this too. So Sharon, thank you so much for your time. It's been a pleasure to talk with you and to get to know you better. And I know that people who listen to this are going to be really inspired. So thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me, Jan. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. If what you've heard today inspires you to want to make a difference, I urge you to explore the So Powerful website at www.sopowerful.org. That's S-E-W-P-O-W-E-R-F-U-L dot O-R-G. The website has great information about the organization. It's where you can download the free purse patterns or even make a donation. We hope you will join us again next week when we bring you another So Powerful story. Thanks for listening. Now, go out and have a So Powerful day.